we have talked about mental health a lot over the past two years in many different ways, and it has been a particular focus since we turned the calendar over to 2022. I want to talk about mental health again today and focus specifically on health care workers. I read an op-ed piece by Irving Gold recently. Irving is the chief executive officer of the Canadian Association of Medical Radiation Technologists, and they are a segment of the healthcare worker we don't often talk about. He was talking about how we need to get to the root cause of healthcare worker burnout. We ask people to be resilient, but that does not necessarily address the issue. Irving joins us now to talk about this. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate the opportunity. Burnout among healthcare workers is something I'm concerned about. Like many issues, uh, it seems as though uh, the pandemic has highlighted and exacerbated the issue. It didn't really create it. How widespread is it from uh, your perspective? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this has been uh, like watching a, a train wreck in slow motion. Um, we, we sent a, a survey out to uh, our members uh, in 2018, actually, and uh, about 10% of them reported <clears throat> the clinical signs of burnout. Um, and there are clinical signs. It's not just fatigue, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, things like that. In 2021, that number rose to 82%. Think about that. 82% of um, medical radiation technologists in our system are, are suffering from clinical burnout. Often when we uh, encounter hardship, uh, you know, we talk of being resilient, which um, has its place. Uh, You recently wrote an opinion piece about resiliency and the problem with that as a way to address the issue. It almost reminds me of of food banks. They do a lot of good, but too often they're viewed as the solution to hunger, which they aren't. They're a Band-Aid and uh, resiliency, the way uh, you were talking about it, seems uh, the same way. Absolutely, and and you know, in many ways, it's it's insulting um, to people suffering from burnout because it sends them the message that uh, they're suffering from burnout because they're somehow uh, lacking in personal resiliency, and that what they need is to learn how to live their lives differently so work doesn't get to them. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, this isn't something that's going to be solved by sending people links to yoga classes and mindfulness seminars. Um, and in fact, telling them to do that just adds to their um, already chaotic lives. Um, so uh, it, it's just not enough. And of course, in the short term, as a, as a Band-Aid solution, uh, it's great to offer them these resources. But um, what's happening now is, is those who could be helping to fix the problem um, are, are not doing so because uh, this makes everybody feel good that we're giving them resources, but we're not helping. The problem with band-aids, of course, is they uh, inevitably fall off. Um, how do we address uh, this uh, to to better address burnout and uh, mental health issues that are being experienced by so many? Well, it, it's it's a great question. Um, I think uh, you know we've known in Canada that we have uh, staffing shortages in many healthcare professions, um, and uh, you know we've been able to ignore it. Um, because, uh, you know, there have been ways of, of, of still managing to deliver health services, but COVID has just made it impossible to ignore. Um, and staffing levels need to be dealt with. I mean, right now, things are so tight that if one or two people call in sick, uh, it can paralyze a department, for example. 
Um, and, and we know that there's a huge backlog right now of, of cancer patients who need a treatment and all kinds of other things. Um, and so, you know, we, we need to start having a, a, a staffing level that allow for uh, people to be sick. Right now, we have members that tell us that, you know, they go to work even though they're sick because of a sense of personal responsibility to their patients or because they're afraid of the backlash from either their, their employers or even their colleagues. So we need to have a better staffing model. We need to be encouraging a culture of understanding in, in uh, healthcare environments so that people do feel safe saying, I'm too sick to come to work. Uh, nobody should have to work when they're unwell uh, because of a staffing shortage. Uh, we can't expect these people to care for others properly when they're not being cared for. And quite frankly, they deserve it. I mean, uh, they absolutely deserve to be cared for when they're sick. Do you think the pandemic could spark change? I hope so. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm under no no illusion that, that all of a sudden everyone's going to start taking this seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, the it's been a chronic problem, this issue. It became acute with uh, COVID. And if we don't start addressing it in a meaningful way, it's going to become a terminal um, uh, a terminal issue, and uh, our healthcare systems are going to collapse. It's not sustainable, especially um, when we start looking at backlogs and how are we going to deal with the, the two years of backlogs. Um, these folks are going to be asked to do even more work. Uh, so I don't see an end coming anytime soon without some very significant change uh, happening quickly. Well, that's one of the concerns I had too. You know, even if we were to say, you know, the pandemic is ending tomorrow it's it's done for a lot of you know healthcare workers because of those backlogs uh, the the effects of the pandemic are going to be felt for years i mean the backlogs are just enormous absolutely and you know the media has been talking about this issue but they talk about burnout among healthcare workers and then they switch immediately to the situation facing nurses and doctors and that's all very legitimate but but we have to address the 43% of healthcare workers that aren't doctors and nurses, because you know, with my members, for example, you know, radiologists can start ordering uh, uh, tests for for patients uh, in the in the in the queue from the backlog. But who's going to do the imaging? I mean, our members do MRIs and CAT scans, and uh, they administer cancer treatments. If these people aren't at work because they're sick or they're burnt out. Uh, any strategy to resolve backlog is just not going to work. Why do we see an action, do you think? Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, as with most things, it's about money. You know, if, if you're going to have a staffing model that allows for some uh, flexibility uh, in terms of people not being there and still being able to cover the load, it means more people, more salaries, and more money. But you know, healthcare isn't free. We talk about healthcare being free in Canada. It's not. We pay for it through our taxes. Uh, and Canadians deserve a system that they can rely on. Uh, and if it takes more money to have a system that's sustainable and continues to offer uh, world-class care, we're going to have to spend more on, on things like this. Well, I hope the pandemic sparks change. Uh, we shall see. Uh, really appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. That's Irving Gold, Chief Executive Officer of the Canadian Association of Medical Radiation Technologists.